I've watched a lot of the Great British Bake Off. They're all kind of running together. <laughs> Is it true that someone looks like me on that show? I've only watched two seasons, so I have oh. not. I have there's not. multiple seasons. There are six, and now there's a oh. holiday special, and now there's a beginning season. I'm going to be watching the Great British Bake Off for like the entire month of December. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakana. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Добро пожаловать в Ice Garden. Bienvenido al jardín. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with your co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? My, I, my voice, I feel like my voice sounds very weird tonight. I have like a frog stuck in it. I don't think it sounds weird. I know that you've been having, like, trouble with it, but I don't think it sounds that different. Well, that's good. I'm glad it doesn't sound, it, I feel like it sounds like I have, like, rocks stuck in my throat. <laughs> It's kind of is what it feels like. I was going to say, I hope that doesn't feel like because that sounds painful. Uh, maybe not rocks, but more like something. I don't know. Pebbles? Anyway. Something smaller? Maybe pebbles. Yeah, I like pebbles. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That sounds I terrible. I don't like pebbles, but, you know. <laughs> Michelle really um, likes rocks. Yeah, I just love rocks. They're actually my favorite thing. I especially like to eat them. What? Okay. No. <laughs> Pop rocks. Pop rocks I could get on board with. Regular rocks? Not Ooh. so much. Yes, Pop rocks. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking red wine. Hey, same. It's from Oregon. Oh. It's called Rascal and it has a little doggy on it. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's really good. It's fairly cheap, too. That sounds amazing. What are you drinking? Well, I'm also drinking red wine. I do not know what it's called because I am not near the bottle. Mm. This is a Cabernet Savion. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. It was cheap. <laughs> it's I, not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. I think as I'm drinking more wine, I'm migrating or I'm starting to like drier wines more, which mm, is mm-hmm. a big surprise to me. But like Cabernet Savion used to be like my favorite kind of like wine to drink. And now I think I'm trending towards like drier than that hmm. uh, who are you going to toast this week oh shoot <laughs> yeah, I you have to figure that out you need to figure that out like now <laughs> okay hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on okay um, can I toast three people oh shit uh, are they related it's a line it's a, okay okay a yes line? you can toast you can toast a line yes so I am toasting uh, the line of Gigi Marvin, McKenna Brand, and Denisa. I found out I've been saying her last name wrong, and it's nothing like I thought it was, and I can't remember what it is now. Um, and Denisa from the Pride uh, for a 10-point weekend as a line. Holy shit. Over two games, Gigi had three goals and two assists. McKenna had one goal and four assists, and Denisa had one goal and three assists. Actually, that was just on Sunday. They had 14 points on the line. I think that Gigi Marvin just needs to be a forward forever now. Because I think yeah. she plays a lot better as a forward than she does as a defender. Because she's been really good for the Pride. Yeah. That's incredible. That line is just, it, that's a really good line. So I would like to say cheers to you three for killing it. Cheers. And we will definitely be talking more about that in the episode. Because... <laughs> the white caps just got swept. I'm like what? Yeah, don't jump ahead. Mm-hmm. You have to do your toast. I'm though. teasing it. Yeah, I want to do my toast. I'm just teasing it. Are you gonna ask me who I'm gonna toast, or am I just gonna say it? Who are you toasting? Oh, I thought you were just gonna start. Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also I'm also toasting an NWHL uh, person this week. Uh, except it's just one person, uh, Mary Rice and in 
got her first NWHL shutout for the Whale. It's not their first shutout ever, but it's the first regular season shutout for the Whale. And it's the first shutout that they've gotten this season uh, against the Metropolitan Riveters. Uh, they won 4-0 and Ryson and got the shutout. And I just wanted to toast her for a job well done and a Connecticut Whale team that is maybe not going to finish last this season. So cheers, Miri. Because the Riveters probably are. It's a little awkward, but you know what? Didn't see it coming, but the more I watch the whale, the more I'm like, oh, it's going to be close. Yes, it is. Um, Shall we jump to the USA Winter Camp roster that was released last week? Sure. Okay. So, also announced since the last time we recorded was a three-game USA Canada series in February, shortly after the, um, I believe the NWHL All-Star game, like two days after that is when the first game is. It's the same day as the Bean Pot, although apparently USA isn't going to be bringing college players so that they can play in the Bean Pot, so like the NCAA players won't be losing anybody, which is good for BC and BU and Northeastern, but not like... And Harvard. And Harvard. But... I don't know. Like, I guess it'll be interesting to see who they take instead of whatever college players they're going to have because USA's regular senior team has, like, a pretty sizable amount of current college players in it. Megan Keller, Kelly Flanagan, um, Maddie Rooney. Maddie Rooney. Oh, shit. They're going to need a different goalie. Huh. I didn't think about that. So that'll be interesting to see who they pick in their place. But jumping a little bit back, USA announced their winter camp roster, and there was a very interesting name on it. Alex Carpenter is back on Team USA's. Not, she's not on our roster roster, but she was invited back to camp for the first time since she got cut from the Olympic team. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't really think, I thought her time with USA Hockey was done after that. I thought that was it. I thought we were never going to see Alex Carpenter again. Yeah. I have I have thoughts as to this mm. whole situation. I just not like the Alex Carpenter situation, but like this winter camp winter series. Well, well, the camp's not new. The series is new. It's like I guess like a winter game isn't unusual between USA and Canada. Like they did the December series last year, but it was in December and not during the bean pot and after the all-star game and like very inconveniently timed with the rest of the professional schedule. I just like, I don't know. I don't like, I get why, like we've always been pushing for more and more USA versus Canada series, Mm -hmm. but like, It's just, like you said, like, it's so poorly timed. It's just, it's not, it's not, and I mean, I just, I've been mad about it for a while and annoyed about it. It just doesn't seem to fit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to make sense with anyone's schedule. I mean, you've got players in the professional leagues, you've got players in NCAA, and that's like a pretty big time for them in February, at the beginning of February, middle of February. And to then have to, like, pull them from that is kind of asking a lot of them. Or you're saying, like, especially because USA Hockey has been putting such a big, at least publicly putting such a big emphasis on how these camps and these series are, like, prepping for Worlds in April. Like, how do you tell a kid, like, oh, this is a prep for Worlds thing, but then be like, no, it's okay if you stay with your... NCAA team like what like what mixed signals are you sending to them um I just I get the need to see them as a team team like as a as a unified team rather than pulling kids from like pulling kids based on their NCAA performances but I don't know it just just doesn't sit right it doesn't feel like USA Hockey or Hockey Canada talked to like anybody when they were planning the schedule like this is something where your players are coming from the professional leagues they're coming from college they're coming from 
like all these different places. And it, and it feels like, like the schedule, the days that they picked are almost the most inconvenient thing they could have done. The only thing they could have done worse was actually schedule it the day of an all-star game. But it's like two days after, it's right in the middle of the bean pot. Like you could have picked any other weekend and it would have been almost better than the one that they picked. And so like, it is something where it's frustrating because it, it, I, I wish there would be maybe some more open dialogue. I don't know if that's when they could get ice time, but like your USA Hockey and Hockey Canada, you're telling me there wasn't any other dates you could have found? Like, I don't buy that. <sighs> yeah. It's inconvenient. It's, I'm glad. I hope they get TV time. I guess that's my thing. Like, especially because, you know, we talk about what the, the boycott did last year to try and get some more, more funding from USA Hockey and more resources. Like, if you're going to pick, if you're going to do a USA Hockey Canada or a USA Canada series, like, put it on TV, you know, publicize it, make it worth, worth the while of this, this inconvenience that you're going to stick in the middle of the pro and college season. I don't know. It's USA Hockey. It's Hockey Canada. I feel like they just don't care. <sighs> Which sucks. It's frustrating. Um, Nicole Haas brought up a good point. I think that's how you say her last name. Uh, in her USCHO column about this that was more timed around um, Four Nations. Uh, where she brought up the good point that, like, USA Hockey, the players boycotted. Uh, I can do this, Michelle. can do it. Do you need to... I woke up from a nap at, like, 7 o'clock, and, like, I'm still trying to get my brain back together. So Nicole Haas in her USCHO column about Four Nations, um, she brought up the good point that USA boycotted for a better pipeline. Mm. or Well, one of the things they boycotted was for a better pipeline. And USA Hockey being um, uh, uh, inconsiderate, I guess, of the NCAA schedule kind of undermines and goes against that. Which I thought was something that, like, I hadn't thought of and it was super smart. Well, it's like, it's basically like what you said, right? Like, if this is supposed to be preparation for Worlds and you're going to be missing, I don't know, a quarter of your team. If you're, if, because USA does tend to, like, bring more college players, mm -hmm. more, yeah, more younger players. And you're not allowing them to play in this, um, this winter series that's supposed to prep you for Worlds. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Like, you're only... You, you would want your team to try and build up as much chemistry as they could. Like, it doesn't make sense. I'll be interested to see who they actually pick. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be interested to see if Carpenter can actually make a roster. See, the Carpenter thing, like, to me, and thinking about it a little bit more in the last five seconds, <laughs> um, <laughs> reminds me of what Hillary said in her Q&A, that the new coaching staff was like a breath of fresh air. Yes. I'm very glad you so brought that up. It leads me to believe that maybe it was more of a coaching staff issue than a USA hockey staff issue. I did not even think about that. Oh my God. That's such a good point. Hmm. And now Reagan Carey's not there as the GM too. So whether, but like there weren't, there weren't issues or like she wasn't cut in any of Carrie's previous tenure, it was when Rob Stauber rolled around that the issues popped up, which again, that's, we don't know whether that's the truth or not, but that's a very good point. Hmm. And again, like, this is just a, a camp roster. So like this, th there are a lot of players on this roster and not all of them are going to make the team necessarily. It's, it's like who's in the pipeline right now, but getting her back in there was good. Um, Michelle Picard is back in here too, also, which I'm excited to see. Um, not a ton of surprises. I don't really think there's anybody on this roster that I'm like stunned, or there wasn't anybody also that like didn't make it where I was like, oh, they got like short shifted or whatever. It's a pretty expected invite, I think. Um, I don't, 
I don't really have anything else to say about this roster. Like, there's not... Lee Steckline is back on the roster, which for me was, like, the biggest, um, like, left-off person during Four Nations. But, like, there was the hole that Lee was focusing on playing for the Whitecaps. And, like, but just seeing that she's still in the pipeline is good for me. And, like, the players yeah. the players who played well at Four Nations, the young players are on this roster. Like, the, the Lamaroos aren't on here because they're pregnant. Uh, although... I don't know. We might have a tiny Lamaru by the time this airs because Moni Glamour was 39 weeks pregnant. Um, Zoe Hickel is back on the roster, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not really a whole lot of other, like, major... Nobody got really left off, I think, that deserved to. Or that didn't deserve to. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, we've got a bit before this this tournament rolls around, but the camp's coming up mid-December, so we'll see how that goes. <sighs> should we go, should we jump to the NWHL next, I think? There's a lot, there's a lot that happened this week. Here's the thing, like, it was two major things that happened, right? The whale shut out, not just one, shut out the Riveters, and the Pride swept the Whitecaps. Like, do we want to talk Whitecaps or do we want to talk Whale? Above the ocean or below the ocean? <laughs> Under the sea, do-do-do, do-do-do. Under the sea, do-do-do, do-do-do. Darling, it's better. Down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Son of a bitch. Now I'm going to have the little mermaid stuck in my head. Is that on Netflix? No. Damn it. Life is deep bubbles. Okay. So your your toast was um, the Boston Pride line. Like, you called this a while ago. That it was gonna, I did. That it was going to be the Pride that beat the Whitecaps. And you were right. I know. I actually almost tweeted that I wanted to tell everybody I was right, but I decided to save my gloating for in person. So, <laughs> ha ha, I was right. Was it you who said this, or was it Eleni who said this? Or maybe it was both of you who said this. Because the Pride are so fast, and the Whitecaps are so fast, and so mm-hmm. when you put them together, like, it's two very quick teams. And, like, I think when the Whitecaps have been playing, their edge has been their speed. And so now it's interesting that the team that took them down was this, the team that could keep up with them. You know? So... Yeah, they definitely kept up with them. Um, I would say the one thing that Buffalo has that has the edge on... Nope. Yep. What? Boston. Not Buffalo. The other B. No. I was gonna, oh, what I was going to say is the one thing that I think that Buffalo has the edge on Minnesota is that Buffalo has better goaltending than Minnesota, which is how I think Buffalo was able to stop the pride, but the Whitecaps weren't able to stop the pride. Yeah. Does that make did that make sense? I was only half listening. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Or like I got confused because you confused Boston and Buffalo. So that Buffalo No no no. I think that so Buffalo beat Boston. Right. But lost to Minnesota. Right. Minnesota beat Buffalo but lost to Boston. Yes. And I think where Buffalo has the edge over Minnesota is that Buffalo's goaltending is stronger than Minnesota's goaltending, which is how they were able to beat the pride. Mm, okay. I gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You kind of have to follow the flow chart, <laughs> but you'll get there eventually. Just, just rewind and listen back and then like rewind again and listen back. And I promise what I just said will make a lot of sense because I'm very smart like that. <laughs> It's so interesting because, like, I think it's clear th- those three teams have made it very clear that they're at the top of the league right now. But it's in- it's interesting to see like how their strengths are so different because the Buttes do have very clearly the best goaltending in the league, and but the Pride have a mix of I think like good goaltending, like when when Katie Bird is doing very well, great goaltending and speed, and the Whitecaps have when Lev is doing really good. Great goaltending, good goaltending, and a ton of speed, and also a lot of talent with Kendall Coyne and Danny, or uh, not Danny, uh, like Lee Steckline and these other national team players who are on that roster. Plus, 
like players like Allie Thunstrom, who are just, you know, have been surprising a lot of people, myself included. I'm trying to look up the shot counts from all the weekends. Well, I guess just what I didn't expect, like, I thought Boston would split. I didn't think they would sweep. I thought they would split. I also didn't expect them to beat them 7-2 to two on Sunday. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, what happened? Did they pull? Who was in net? Amanda. Did they pull? Lattier. Did they pull or was she in net for all seven goals? Um, in the first game, Love was in net for all seven goals. Oh, my God. So, interestingly, the Pride have had about 20, have had literally 26 shots in every single game for the last, of their last four games. Take that with exactly. Take that with a grain of salt because sometimes statistics yeah. are not the most accurate thing, but still consistency, I guess. Which I just think is interesting in that, like, the difference in goaltending. Not saying that like Amanda Levier isn't a good goaltender, but like when you're putting her up against the likes of freaking Shannon Zabados and Nicole Hensley. Mm-hmm. And also Katie Burt, who's in the USA pipeline. Like, Boston and Buffalo have stellar goaltending. And, like, Zabados is on another level. And Nicole Hensley is on another level. But, yeah, Lev is good, but... One thing that's interesting to me about the Whitecaps is that uh, they don't practice as a full team ever. Like, Kendall Coyne doesn't practice with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are other players that aren't able to make it to practice. And not that that's like a rare thing because we've seen that before in the league. But I think for um, a relatively, they're not even like a new team. But I just think for a team that plays every single game as a back-to-back, as a series, it doesn't leave a lot of time for a team to try to come together. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is is just a strange way of doing things. Is, okay, question. Is part of the Whitecaps' success because they're a new team that, that players in the NWHL haven't seen together before? The Whitecaps have existed previously, but the NWHL teams haven't been playing them. And I'm, and I'm thinking of the Connecticut Whale in Season 1 of the... NWHL when they went on that like insane nine game winning streak because everything was new and nobody had played against each other before and like the whale just got in this groove where they were like they were just literally unstoppable but since then it's been like night and day that we haven't seen anything like that that nine game winning streak that they had in season one and like I don't think that the whale from season one and the whitecaps now are comparable but I'm thinking, like, in terms of nobody knew, no, nobody had played against them before, nobody was used to them. So, like, the fact that it, everything was new maybe contributed to that. Do you think that that's a factor? Like, I'm not trying to say that the Whitecaps are bad. I don't think they're bad. I think they're very good. But, like, maybe this this surprise factor is playing in their favor as well. I think that's super interesting because we kind of see the opposite of that happening with Katie Fitzgerald. Yes. Exactly. Um, you know, where teams know where to shoot on her. And it's very apparent if you watch that they know where to shoot on Katie. Um, so that's super interesting. And I hadn't thought of that. And I might I might agree with you. Again, I don't think that that's the only factor. But thinking about, like, and, like, a lot of these teams, like, there are a lot of new players on these teams. So, like, even if you've seen the Boston Pride before, right, like, there are a lot of new players on that team. So it is a different team than you've played before. But, like, you've seen, if you've seen Katie Fitzgerald, you know where to shoot. But this is a completely new team that you've maybe never, ever seen before, never played against these players before. It takes some adjustments. And also, you're talking about the back-to-backs. If you're a team playing them, it's not like you're playing them one weekend and then you have two weekends to like practice and get ready for them again. You're playing them literally the next day. So there is minimal time to adjust. No, I think that's a really good point because a lot of the Whitecaps players are older too. And they've played together. A lot of these Whitecaps players like have been on this team before. So like it's one thing if they're not practicing together, but it's not like there's a complete lack of chemistry. 
So the Whitecaps lost to Boston. And the Ravs lost to the Whale. Which was, like, not shocking to me. Because Miri Bryson is a very good goalie. So I'm not surprised that she was able to get a shutout. But it just kind of reinforces the fact that, like, I think the Ravs and the Whale are a lot closer than people expected them to be. And that that fight for fourth place is going to be... I wouldn't be shocked if it came down to, like, one or two points separating mm-hmm. the two of them. And so, and in that case, like, this win for Connecticut, and not just a win, a decisive win, is, like, huge in the standings. The Riveters didn't have Amanda Castle. Or... But, like... Was that somebody else missing? I think... I think... I don't think Courtney Burke played. Do we know if that was because uh, of an injury? She's still hurt? The Rips have had, like, a lot of... The Rips have had a lot of issues. A lot of turnover is maybe not the right word. A lot of inconsistency in the lineup. Because <sighs> Mie was on, like, the political campaign. Kessel was hurt now. Uh, Courtney was hurt. Um, Katie Fitzgerald. Everyone has Katie Fitzgerald's number now, so that doesn't help. It's just not... Not ideal. Nina Rogers got her first NWHO goal, which was exciting. Katarina Marzova scored. Shannon Doyle. Like, a lot of, like, who we'd expect from the Connecticut Whales to score stepped up. I don't know if they're they're good enough to take down anyone else in the league. Like, I think the Pride and the Buttes and the Whitecaps are all very good. I do think, though, that they can, like, try and hold their own. You know, they're not going to get blown out every game. I think you had mentioned it last time we talked, was that maybe the whale just needed some time to come together and find themselves. You know, we talked about coaching, and I, I feel like sometimes we beat a dead horse over it, but, like, Equali knows how to coach for this type of season. And if he's coaching smartly with these players, it's paying dividends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We need to move on because we haven't even talked about the CWHL and we've been recording for one hour. Um, I know. uh, There was a lot that happened in the CW this week. Like, regardless of what happened uh, game-wise, like, there was a big news drop earlier in the week, last week, essentially. um, CWHL lost an investor. And so that was big news. And then the way the CWHL handled it also became news in and of itself. I think it does anyways. So there was, and I cannot, I'm not sure how to say this guy's name. No idea. I couldn't even spell it half the time. I kept having to copy and paste it. Graham, Graham Rustan, which doesn't seem like a real name, but apparently it is, resigned from the CWHL board the night before its annual meeting. And there was an article in the Hockey News about it no there was no article that i read it was just a letter on his website on his um firm's website okay he he like publicly published a letter about the resignation and that i think there was something in the hockey news let me try and i'm gonna type this guy's name in google and see what pops up because i'm pretty sure he well he owns the hockey news ah that's what it is that's what it is. The Toronto Star published something. After it happened. Capitalist, please. Okay. Capitalist and one of the biggest fundraisers for the Canadian Women's Hockey League has cut ties with the league, citing a lack of faith in new leadership while questioning their handling of expenses. Rustan told the star that he got fed up with the league's new leadership when he was denied access to how the not-for-profit association approved its expenses. I requested detailed financial information regarding expenses incurred by the executive committee specifically, but all directors of the CWHL. For the first time, they rejected my request and refused to provide me with the detailed financial information on director expenditures and reimbursements. He said it was the first time in his 11-year association with the league that such a request was denied. Yeah, that was in his letter. It was like the top of his letter. Here's the thing with that. I just am like, it sounds like, he sounds like a child. 
And maybe that's a little bit harsh, but he sounds like it's it's one thing it's one thing to talk about that the CWHL is not transparent with its finances. I think that's across the board in women's hockey, CWHL, NWHL, whatever. The leagues are not as transparent as they could be. We know this. It just feels like very much like a small child picking up his ball and going home because he didn't get what he wanted from the CWHL. And I'm like, also, if he's he's the biggest financial contributor to the CWHL, that's not true anymore because China is a thing. So, like, unless he's contributing a significant amount of money comparable to a literal country, like, things have changed since he's been with the CWHL. And it doesn't feel like he... I don't know. I don't know. This whole thing is just bizarre. So, like, the thing for me is that, like, yes, he's probably overblowing himself <laughs> in this whole situation. Yeah. Um, Out of proportion. There, but the, the, the part that is interesting to me is that the league's website, like the CWHL's website, described his role as ensuring that the Ontario Nonprofit Corporation, aka the CWHL, is operating with best practices and corporate governance at all times. So, like, him asking for more details doesn't exactly strike me as suspicious I guess mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. strange I mean granted this whole situation is like incredibly way more complicated than I think that this man is letting on and that the CWHL in turn is also letting on but it seems to be in line with his role as to why he would be asking and why he's and, and which begs the question of why is he being denied that like what happened with their relationship that he was no longer being given those. Um, it was on the eve of like them naming a new board of directors. So maybe he knew he was going to be not elected back and decided to go on a smear campaign. Like quit before they could fire him basically. Yeah. But it also just kind of that that specific line from his bio on the website was interesting to me. Yeah, and I think you're right in that if if your job is best practices, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me that the league wouldn't provide you with like and it's not like he was gonna publish these numbers. Like this didn't become a public thing until he decided to leave. Like this wouldn't have been a public thing if he had gotten the information he requested. And I don't and I don't know why he didn't. Nobody does. It's not it's not something that's made public. What I don't understand is why the CWHL felt the need to publish a press release basically defending themselves against him. Like so they so they released a press release that kind of had two main points. The first was to announce the new board of governors and which I appreciated because I was glad that we got like a full press release with a list of names of who's on this board but then the second part of the press release which is on their website while Mr. Graham Rustan did resign as a member of the CWHL on the eve of the annual general meeting we wish to confirm that Mr. Rustan's departure will not impede nor hinder the future of the CWHL or the growth of women's hockey recent news articles have overstated Mr. Rustan's contributions to the CWHL over the years and made inaccurate assumptions regarding the resignations of certain board members a la Cassie Campbell and governors from the CWHL over the years. Here's the thing, the CWHL didn't reply for comment to anybody, including TIG, right, Michelle? Yeah, they did not respond. So you can't talk about, you can't say that there were inaccurate assumptions in recent news articles if you are not talking to the people writing the news about what's happening. Like, no shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it goes on to say, well, the inaccurate statements and assumptions published give an impression that the CWHL may have difficulties in meeting its mandate in the future, which I do not think that's what it said. Maybe that's what Rustan was trying to say. Nothing could be farther from the truth. The CWHL leadership is self the strength of the CWHL leadership is self-evident. We have every confidence in the success of the CWHL in all future endeavors. You don't need a press release for this. You need to reply to the people who asked you for comment with two lines about, like, this just feels blown out of proportion. The whole thing is blown out of proportion. But, whatever. I'm saving my yelling for later. Do you want to say anything else, or do we just need to move on? You can. No, I just think it's like it, it's an it's another example of a big story in the CWHL being mismanaged in terms of like press releasing, and it's not like just the current CWHL front office. It's how the whole China thing was handled, how the whole second China team was handled. Mm -hmm. It's like, and it doesn't do the league or women's hockey in general any good for these major stories to be happening. And the, like, media relations, communications, communications with things, outlets, whatever, to not, be positive and not be working together. I'm not saying that like places should be a shill for the league, but there should still be some sort of like, there still needs to be communication. Yep, exactly. The stories become about how the league mishandles stories instead of about the stories themselves. Which is, it's just, it's frustrating because we want the stories to be about what's actually happening and not, like, media relations, essentially. But that's where we're at. Um, so that was one thing that happened in the CWHL. Also, we got the first batch of All-Star selections for the All-Star game, which is going to be held in, at the end Toronto. of... Toronto. Well, yes, in Toronto uh, oh. at the uh, Air Canada Center, which is where it's been held, I'm pretty sure, like, every... Every time it's been held, it's in January, right? Towards the end of January? Yeah. I don't have the January 20th. January 20th. Um, and they, they're they releasing players in, like, batches. So they released 11 players who were going to be on the, the roster first. We don't know how they're being selected. I assume by... Yes, we do. Yes, we, yes, do. we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. The league, the league um, office, I assume. No. Uh... So the uh, players are selected for the All-Star Game by nomination by their general manager. Um, their general manager makes a list of um, at least one player, but usually around five to ten players based on their skill, as well as, all, as, well as off-ice contributions, such as community involvement. So the general manager submits the lists, which are actually ranked with one being the highest and ten the lowest. Um, and those lists are submitted to Jane Hefford, who makes the final rosters. Okay. All right. Not like a ton of surprises with who is selected already. Like, obviously, I mean, there are some players who have not been selected yet. Like, Alex Carpenter isn't on the list. But I do not expect that she won't be an all-star. Like, I expect her to be picked later. Um, we've got... Rebecca Johnston, Blair Turnbull, Alex Rigsby, Hillary Knight, Marie-Philippe Poulin, Jocelyn LaRock, Laura Stacy, Rachel Lanais, Jessica Wong, and Lauren Williams in this first batch. Also Natalie Spooner, mm -hmm. who's not. Yes, also Natalie Spooner. Um, so that's our first batch, and I think... We're, we're going to get more of them later this week, I think. It's going to be pretty shortly. Yeah, the second batch uh, of players is going to be announced on Wednesday. So it'll probably have already been announced by the time you listen to this. It will definitely have already been um, announced by the time you listen so to this. So that is, there's um, 34 players that will be playing the All-Star game. So 11 plus 12 is 
23, so we still have another... Probably another 11. Yeah. 11 plus 11 is 22, plus 12 is 34. So yes. We can do math. Look at us go. I have a note card in front of me that I've been doodling on, and so I just literally started uh, writing down the numbers and doing math. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but not any huge surprises. Uh, the logo looks suspiciously like another All-Star logo that we've seen recently, but that's just a style choice, I guess. The League All-Star logo, as far as I know, has been approximately the same blue and white logo for the past however many years that they've been having it, and all of a sudden now it is purple and gold. Eyeball emoji. Yeah, that's Eye a choice. Eyeball emoji, eyeball emoji. If you're holding it at the ACC with the Toronto Maple Leafs play, there is no reason to make it purple and gold. But this is just me being petty, I guess. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice that they made. And they, have, and they can make it, and it's fine. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about? The All-Star game? Um, no. Okay. Do we want to talk about the Inferno? I just don't understand why they're all of a sudden naming captains. This is like, a, this has got to be a Shannon Miller thing. And apparently they hadn't had captains for like the first couple months of the season. They like only had Blair Turnbull who was wearing an alternate, an A for an alternate, which is... That's weird. If you're not going to name captains at all, why are you going to give it to one person while you... And not even a C, like an While a. you wait to make a decision. And, like, I guess it's not a huge shock to me that they would name it in the middle with a new coach. Like, I guess it's not, it's not unusual to be like, oh, like, now that she's had more time to, like, be behind the bench and see how the locker room operates, then you name a captain. That's fine. Brianne Jenner, who is still on this team has been captain of the Inferno for as long as I can remember. And now it's Rebecca Johnston, who, granted, deserves to wear the C, is like has been with that team for a long time, plays on Hockey Canada, is like very much a leader in the locker room, I am sure. It's just weird to me that that has been suddenly flipped, and like you said, in the middle of the season, rather unexpectedly. It just seems like... strange. Like, just, like, out of the blue. It is very out of the blue. But, you know, women's hockey. I feel like 90% of what we talked about today could just be summed up with, well, women's hockey. This podcast could have been 30 seconds long, and we could have been like, shit happened, but it's women's hockey, and this is just what happens, and it's fine. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Bye. I feel like that's every episode we do. <laughs> This especially, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this especially. I mean, it's also Shannon Miller, who, like, likes to play with four forwards in 1D, like, is is kind of a, like, a out-of-the-box coach. So, like, I Yeah, it's not that surprising. And I think you do make a good point that, like, Shannon Miller probably, um, like, made that decision after, wanted to make, wanted more time to make that decision. But it's still funny to me. Part of me wonders if Brienne Jenner, who, as far as I know, is not a very, like, vocal, outgoing person, didn't want to have the captaincy anymore. But again, it seems mm -hmm. weird to me that this is being, that this is a thing that's being made mid-season and not, it wasn't announced at the beginning of the year. I think this is something where Shannon wanted to see how her locker room looks and if it took her two months to make this decision that's fine it is it was just like you said out of the blue a little unexpected <sighs> um you've got a let's dump hannah question i don't but you do oh, i do i do i do i do all right let's do this let's stump hannah Name the five countries that have had a goaltender win a game in the NW. Ooh. Okay. Name the five countries. Okay. 
I can do this. I can do this one. Who asked this question? Mike. Oh, sorry. Mike asked this question. USA, Canada, Finland, Japan. It's this last one that's going to get me. Five countries. USA, Canada, Finland, Japan. We haven't had a Russian goaltender. Hmm. I want to just start making a list. USA, Canada, Finland, Japan, NWHL goalies who have won a game. What other countries? I should know. Ugh. I'm trying to think of other countries that have sent NWHL players. It's not Russia. Are we counting? We're counting like in in the net, right? Because the whale have that new Russian goaltender, right? That that have won a game in the NWHL. So have been in net for the win. Hmm. Been given a win in the win column. So yeah, they would have had to. Be, they would have had to play. Yes. Oh yes. Okay. Now I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Yes, they had to um, play. God. At first, I was like, "What do you mean in net? That's the only place goalies can play." Uh, I'm just gonna start like listing. Like Finland is Raisinen. Japan is Fujimoto. What are what are like Sweden is an option, Russia is an option. Oh my god. Are you sure it's five? Are you sure it's not just four? It's Mike. I always trust Mike. I know. I trust Mike too. I just like, oh, this is going to take me a while because I really, I'm so, cl like, I can get this one. I can taste it. I just have to think. Can you give me, do I get it? Can I get any hint? Any hint at all? What team was this other goaltender on? No. You, come on. USA, Canada. Finland is Raisinen. Japan is Fujimoto. No, because as soon as I tell you, you're going to know. Shit. Can you tell me what, was it from this year or is it in the past? You're getting way too many hints here. I'm not getting any hints here. I'm just asking questions. The problem is that like as soon as I tell you, you're going to know. Which makes me think that I should know this one. You should. This is going to be so embarrassing. It is. Oh, no. Russia. My guess is Russia. No, it's Korea. It was Sojin Shin. Sojin Shin. Oh, shit. That's why I couldn't say who it was for, because you would have gotten it immediately. God. For the Riveters. Damn it. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I feel terrible. Thanks for asking. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Sir Junction. Damn it. I got, I got all caught up in the new whale goaltender, but she hasn't. I don't think she's played a game yet. She hasn't. I don't know why you keep thinking she because has. Because I was trying you to think like... of the imports, and I forgot about Sojunction. Damn it. Was that the only one you had? God damn it. I'm going to be mad at myself. I have, I have other ones. I'm going to be mad so for weeks. Know. I need to redeem myself. Give me one more. Oh, I'm so mad at myself. I'm going to be mad at myself all week. Ugh. How many total goals do the Hickle sisters have this season? Oh, shit. I'm going to need some choices for this one. I'm not going to get this number off the top of my head. One. No. Two. Oh, no. Is it low? 
three. Ah, son of a bitch. Four. Five. Or six. That's a lot of choices. That's a lot of choices. It's six. It's one through six. It's not one. I'm fairly certain it's not two. Zoe Hickel has been doing very well. I don't know as much about Tori. Five. Is that your final answer? I don't like it when you ask me that because it means I got it wrong. <laughs> no. One of those days I'm just going to ask you, is that your final answer? No. <laughs> and it's going to be right and I'm going to throw you off and it's going to be great. <laughs> Four is my final answer. Did I get it? <laughs> you guessed four? I just had to double check my count. Yes. Ah, uh, you were wrong. It was three. Uh, at least it wasn't five. Zoe had two this weekend. And Tori has one. Uh, I thought Zoe had more than two. No. I know, Gigi. She didn't. This weekend was her first two ever. Really? So if I had asked you this last time, the answer would have been one. But you didn't ask me last time. You're asking me now. And I still got it wrong. And I'm still... That one I feel less <laughs> worse about than the Shojun, the Sojung Shane one. <laughs> that one was just embarrassing. <sighs> Not a good week. Not a good week in the Let's Know Panda department. Uh, let's move on to the mailbag. We have... A couple ones. Okay, Michelle's been saving, like, all of her anger for the mailbag segment. So I'm just going to get right off the bat. <clears throat> um, we got a question um, because the, the night we're recording is Tuesday, and Tuesday was the day that the Athletic article came out about basically a recap of the hashtag one league talk that has been going on for forever, it feels like. Um, and so we had a question from at Doug Lons, uh, Doug Lonsbury on Twitter. Uh, what is holding back the merger? Capital T, capital M, the merger. Which I love that, that that's the question. Um, the merger. Hashtag the merger. I'm going to start using that as a hashtag now. Um, Michelle, I know you have some opinions on this. I also do. But I want to throw it to you. Because you, you've been waiting all episode to talk about this. I feel like I've been waiting so patiently. You have. You really have. Like, we were, it's going to have been cut out, but Michelle was like, are we going to talk about the merger? And I'm like, we're going to wait till the mailbag. And she's like, okay, I'll wait. And I'm like, okay, but the floor is yours. Please go off. <laughs> Just like, I don't even want to talk about it. I want to talk about how I don't want to talk about it, which I know sounds stupid, but like, one league is not going to happen overnight. And everything that's been talked about of it so far is just the same thing we keep hearing over and over and over again. We need one league. No fucking shit we need one league. Like, duh. So continually asking players who, I mean, yes, they do have, like, some say in it. But continuing to ask players who, like, like can't make it happen they aren't in the position to make it happen. Um, and the answer is, is the answer is going to be the same every time. Yeah, the answer is always going to be like, like the answer is always going to be yes. We want one league because, like, that is the end goal. Like, obviously, one league is better for the product. You know, because we already see the issues that we run into. Like, All-Star Games being on the same weekend, Championship Games being on the same night, splitting an audience, splitting a media, like, splitting resources, essentially. We see, like, companies and leagues, leagues being the NHL, that, like, aren't committing to women's hockey because they don't want to pick sides. Like, obviously one league is the goal, but it's not as easy as just, like, continuing to talk it into existence. Like, there's so many factors behind the scenes that just aren't, like, a, they're just there. I mean, for starters, like, Brenda's even talked about it in, like, one of her exit interviews. She said that, like, the CWHL is a nonprofit and the NWHL is a for-profit venture. There's nothing wrong with either of those things, but just the fact that you're going to try to take a nonprofit and combine it with a, a for-profit, especially considering the NWHL has investors, that's a very tricky thing to do. And with China having the CWHL 
flip that and reverse that with the CWHL having China. <laughs> how does that play into it? And like, it's just, it's so much. And I think it's just like, I'm so tired of talking about the exact same thing over and over again. And like, in my mind, it's lazy women's hockey reporting. Like, I'm just going to straight up call out like the athletic and the CW, or not the CWHL, the athletic and ESPN for continuing to run these like, we asked players what they thought about one, one, one league, which like props to you for putting in the legwork, those two athletic writers who talk to a lot of people, but like, tell us something different for once, like go into the details of like, okay, well, what, what does it mean that the CWHL is a nonprofit and the NWHL is a for-profit and how is that impacting it? Like go into details of like, what the fuck does the NHL want to do with this? And what, like, how is that good for women's hockey? Show us all the reasons why the NHL has been bad for women's hockey or show us all the reasons that the NHL could be good for women's hockey in very concrete terms. But no, they're not going to do that because they're going to take the lazy clickbait thing and just be like, we talked to players about one league. They want it. Well, no fucking shit. Like get off your ass. Like if I can come up with all these ideas, like how are you not coming up with all those ideas? You probably have time. You get paid to do this. Like a real human. You're not like sitting on your couch in your pajamas, spoiler alert, which is how I'm podcasting tonight, like after working a full day of work. And like, just like, it's just lazy. Like stop being lazy about it and give us something new and something different. I'm so tired of logging onto Twitter because I was not on Twitter all day today, which was actually really nice. I was logging onto Twitter and seeing like, the literally exact same conversations we have every single time a new one league article drops. That that is my Gigi, what? That is my main issue with it with it is that it's it is so repetitive. And that I understand that the athletic writers put in a lot of legwork for an audience that probably does not normally get women's hockey news. So I can appreciate that, but like this is the only kind of article that we've been getting written. And we've talked about this before and that a lot of like women's hockey features have the same kind of like setup. We can like basically like predict when you open a new article that's written about a women's hockey player, how it's gonna go. Like the structure is the same. These one league articles are very similar. And, and it's all that's being written about. We're not writing about the games. We're not writing about the players we're not writing about the actual hockey that's being played we're writing about why there isn't one league and i can guarantee you that when one league happens that coverage is going to go away because these major outlets that are writing about the drama that's happening in women's hockey aren't going to report about the actual women's hockey that's actually being played because that's what's happened and like the the thing too that in this athletic article was written Brenda pitched the idea of a WNBA-style women's hockey league to the NHL when it was just the CWHL. And Gary Bettman was like, no, no, we can just like like partner with the individual teams, which the CWHL did. And now that there's two leagues, now that there's drama, all of a sudden everybody is like, well, why shouldn't there be one league? There was one league for a significant amount of time, and nobody wanted to do shit. Nobody cared. You didn't care no. about it when there was one league. You don't even care about the one league, or either of the leagues. You care about this, like, stupid story of there should be one league. And, like, honestly, like, it pits the two leagues against each other. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I... Okay, if there's two leagues, that's fine. But I am so over this pitting two leagues against each other. And especially, like, essentially pitting women against women. Yep. Like, this is so not productive for women's hockey because like like you said like okay so maybe the athletic readers don't know about one league but now we get these fucking idiots probably dudes who are like huh, why are there two women's hockey leagues they're so stupid there should be one and then we're sitting here having to explain the whole fucking backstory of women's hockey professional women's hockey to people that could literally give two shits like to the wind about it Wait, you when you said not productive, and that's exactly what this is. It isn't productive, and it's making women's hockey as a like whole look like like a petty squabble. Which, like, to be fair, there's some drama going on behind the scenes. We can like acknowledge that, but like this is making it, it's reducing it down to oh well, there are these two leagues, and they just can't get together and get to, like make one league, and it's just all these like problems, and ignoring like the actual product the actual on ice product and it is so well i mean you said it 
perfectly. It is exhausting to have to like read this stuff over and over and over again. And this feels like all that's been talked about in the mainstream. It's frustrating. And it's, we really have not answered your question. What is holding back the merger? Um, a lot, but I guess Michelle, you did. Oh, it's a lot of stuff. It's the business side of things. It's the commissioners, like not getting in a room together and not being able to agree on anything. It's, it's several different factors that I think probably aren't being talked about publicly. I think a lot of this stuff is being done off record behind the scenes, which like not shocking, but it doesn't sound like anything new has happened. And so I don't know why we're talking about it again. Because we're just having the same conversation over and over and over again. To the end of like, um, or to the, to, the, to, the, to the aspect of it being a lot, um, when Gina Hefford, after Gina was inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame, I talked to her and something she said um, prior to her being the interim commissioner of the CWHL, and she still is, she's a very big opponent for one, one league, um, but prior to to her, I think, taking a lot of time as the commissioner, she kind of had seemed to have this, like, oh, it can be done kind of thing. But something she said to me that I thought was really interesting, uh, she said, the road to get there is a little trickier than maybe I realized, and I think, and I think that most people realized. So, like, someone directly involved in the whole one league, the merger, TM. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to, it was like trademark, not TM, the merger, but that TM, worked TM, really TM, well. TM, TM, um, <laughs> Is like publicly acknowledging how tricky this, this is. And I mean, it comes down to also like, we've seen women's hockey struggle with visas as recently as this season. Now what do you do when you have a league playing in two different countries, trying to pay citizens of two different countries? China. China is a thing. How does that work? Like, there are so many moving pieces in this. It's not just like, all right, take the team from the south, or take the league from the south and push it up to the border and take the league from the north and push it down to the border and voila, we have a new team. A new league. I keep calling them teams. (laughs) But like, it's so complicated, and I'm just so tired of boring-ass articles about it. I don't want to talk about one league again until one league has actually happened, or until we get public confirmation that, like, actual talks, like, actual progress is being made. That's the thing. If there are talks going on, it's, it's the same stuff that's been happening in the past. Nothing, nothing has changed. Nothing is new. Nothing is, is newsworthy. So until something newsworthy happens, I don't care because like we have been reading the same stuff over and over and over again and and we don't need to hear it anymore unless something happens. I think the last time I was actually interested in it was when Danny finally publicly made a comment about about it. how she, yes because for a long time she hadn't really been as as forthright as she was. And but but even that like you know it was a big step for Danny but it wasn't like even that progress had been made in terms of talks. Yeah. Yes. It, she was just publicly making a statement about it, which is fine. That's all great and dandy. And like that's what I'm what I'm interested in is that when we have new voices, but so many of these articles talk to the exact same people. And like sure okay, Erica Lawler was interviewed in this one, which like maybe we haven't heard from her, but I mean like is she really going to have that much of a different opinion? Also, she had, like, one soundbite. A whole a whole portion of this article was devoted to Cassie Campbell. We know where Cassie stands. We get it. Like, and I know that she's a significant voice in women's hockey. I understand that. But, like, I guess, I, guess, I don't know. It feels, like, it feels like there's nobody else to talk about who is either involved or who's going to have a significant role in this who hasn't already spoken their piece. We knew, we knew where everybody stood. Do we need to, like, draw a line? No, because there's, we don't even need to draw a line because who's on what, both side two league line? Everybody, who's everybody on is on the same season? side. It's just how we get there. That is, that is the issue. And, and we don't know. And so I'm tired of talking about it because we don't know. And that's literally the answer. If you, if someone wants to write a, like, an actual article about how we could get there, 
realistically how we get there with details into how the fact that it's a nonprofit trying to combine with a for-profit who have investors and like the whole host of actual things that are stopping one league, be my guest. That's when I will be like, hey, cool. But until then, I'm just so tired of talking about it. <sighs> and I was apparently very fired up about it. I didn't. I didn't want to talk about it on this episode because of the fact that we've talked about it for so much. But I, but I think that that was an important. Like I think we needed to like get that piece out. That like, until something else happens, there's nothing else to say. Whether whether one league is going to happen in the next year or two years or four years or ten years, like, we don't know. And until the people who are actually involved in in what would be creating one league take a step forward which has not happened yet we're not going to know and it's it feels pointless to talk about it because we have talked it to death and we don't need to say anything <sighs> else i apparently talked it to yawn i think i think that's the only question we're going to have time for we're gonna, we need to wrap things up yeah michelle where can we find you on twitter you can find me on Twitter at, at Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. Where can we find you, Hannah? At Hannah underscore Beavis1. You can find The S Garden on Twitter at The S Garden. We don't usually say that, but I felt the need to <laughs> plug. No. Tig. I could tell as you started to talk, you were like, I don't shouldn't be saying this right now. And you just kept going and it was good. Me, was good me at myself, do I know the ice garden handle? This sounds right, but I'm not sure if it is. I've had a glass and a half of wine and I've decided to go off the walls. Um, I usually have to double check. So I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It is. Good. You should follow, I you should follow them anyways. They're doing some good stuff. Um, you can find us on Patreon at the Ice Garden Podcast Network. Um, thank you if you're already a patron. Um, if you're not, you can get some bonus content, photos, interviews, uh, articles, etc., etc. We're on there with our sister show, the Founding Four podcast, hosted by Mike Murphy and Erica Ayala. Um, if you can't, every little dollar helps with Patreon. If you cannot afford to be on that, spreading word of mouth helps. Tweet about us, post about us on your Instagram, Facebook, rate us on iTunes, subscribe to us on your podcast app. Um, just kind of help spread the word. Uh, if you have a mailbag question for us, tweet it at Michelle and I using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. If you have a trivia question for Let's Dump Hannah, DM it to Michelle and I. Um, and though we did not do it this week, if you have a start bench cut that you would like us to do, uh, three players, three teams, three basically anything that you want us to pick who we would start, who we would bench, who we would cut, uh, also tweet those at us as well. Uh, I think that's it. Michelle, anything else you want to add? Oh, no. Yeah, me neither. I'm ready to go to bed. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. The Ice Garden. They also, though, like, if there was a new NWHL team who just made a Twitter account and that was how it leaked, I would be like, are you kidding me? Like, would you be surprised? Like, here's the thing. Just is, say no. No, but I would be exasperated, which is just like how I deal with everything in women's hockey. I'm like, this is this is a shock, but also it's not because everything in women's hockey is on fire. So like, this isn't a shock because everything's a disaster. <laughs>